Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, some terrible news for the Bucks potentially. Jason Pierre-Paul, turns out he suffered a fractured neck in that one-car accident on May 2nd. If he needs surgery, he could be out for the season. At best, he's out indefinitely. What does it mean to the Bucks if he goes on the non-football injury list? Does this mean they're more likely to keep Gerald McCoy? And what are their options at defensive end? We'll sort through all the bad news for the Bucks. And Rondi Barber, here's some good news, will be inducted into the Bucks' ring of honor. That'll happen on September 22nd against the New York Giants. So congratulations to him. Meanwhile, the Rays beat Arizona 6-3. to Brandon Lau with his eighth homer of the season on the first pitch that he saw on Tuesday. The Rays have the best record in baseball, but a seasonal crowd of just over 8,000 watched them at Tropicana Field. The Rays can sweep the series this afternoon with Charlie Morton on the mound. We've got all that, and Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 joins us in just a few minutes on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Okay, are you ready for a magical day on the river with the manatees? Well, if so, seven days a week you can experience the wonder and magical charm with Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees and Krista River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. Now, I've done this. I'm telling you folks, you're going to love it. Ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement and U.S. military. Requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price. After that, you're eligible for a free tour. Now, Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company at Kings Bay in Crystal River. It's absolutely pure paradise. The water's always 72 degrees. The weather's really nice now. You want to go on up there and ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and much more. Now, book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com, or you can call 352-777-1796. All right, Steve, so breaking news on Tuesday afternoon, not the kind that uh, I'm sure the Bucks wanted to hear. I'm, they already knew about it, obviously, as Jason Pierre-Paul made his way up to Tampa. You know, they wanted him to see their specialist after he had that one-car accident back on May 2nd in Broward County. Uh, in that accident, he was taken to the hospital you know, for evaluation. He was released. Um, he had a passenger in the car. The Bucks put out a statement saying that they were – you know, hoping that both those people were okay and that they would have JPP up to look uh, at their specialist and, and check him out. Well, turns out that, that when they did that, they discovered that JPP has fractured a vertebrae in his neck. And uh, it's, it sounds as, you know, it sounds horrible. Um, it's, it looks like he's going to require surgery. And if he does, that would force him to miss the entire season. I guess there's a chance that maybe he can – you know he's going to see more specialists, and and, and perhaps they'll um, see if he, you know, if he can do this without surgery. In which case, there's a chance he could be back for week one of the regular season. But it just doesn't feel like it's headed that way. And that's, you know, what what a bitter pill for the Bucks to swallow now. I mean, the the timing of this couldn't be worse. Of course, it happened right after the draft when they really didn't select a defensive lineman until the fourth round, 
And so, you know, their best pass rusher, the guy that led their team with 12 and a half sacks, the first guy to reach double digits since Simeon Rice in 2005, he could be out. Um, you know, furthermore, they're, they're only $1.8 million under the salary cap, so they don't have much space to, uh, to go out and sign any free agents. Um, this is a mess, and uh, it's, it's not the news that the Bucks were hoping for. Um, you know, Pierre Paul, you, you know, you ask about, you know, what happens to him now? Well, if he can't play, they can put him on the non-football injury list. And they, there's a chance they could, if they chose to, re- recoup some money that way under the salary cap. You know, he was scheduled to earn $13.65 million in base salary this season, uh, but in fact, $7.5 million of that uh, was guaranteed back in March, I think March 17th. Now, but if he goes on NFI, you know, depending on the language in the contract, there's a chance that they could get some of that money back. But it's really up to the club. You know, some teams um, do that just depending on what, what the player was doing that, you know, to get himself uh, on this non-football injury lift. But in this case, it was an accident. Um, it wasn't like, you know, he was cited and doing anything crazy necessarily. So it's hard to know, you know, whether there's any kind of savings here that the Bucks will actually realize. But um, this is this is not what the Bucks the news that they needed. I mean, you know, they have a new defense. He was not participating in the offseason workout program. He was not at the facility, uh, you know, and now you have a guy like Todd Bowles who is counting on, you know, JPP to once again, you know, be their best outside pass rusher. Um, it really leaves them in a bad place. And we can talk about their options, but, you know, just in general, uh, you know, this this is – this is really bad news, Steve. I, I don't. There's no way you can sugarcoat this thing. This is two accidents now in the last two seasons that may cost a defensive player the season for the Bucks. Kendall Beckwith last season, and he may still be out this season. We're not sure at this point. And now That's JPP right. potentially could miss this season. You know, on a defense that already is having issues and, and and isn't very good and needs more players to lose your top sack guy from last year, your best defensive lineman is not good. You know, the Bucks are saying nothing about this injury, by the way. I mean, Jason Light put out a statement that was very similar to the one that he put on back in May 2nd. He didn't even confirm, in fact, that, that he has a fractured vertebrae. Uh, he just said that, you know, while, while Jason uh, Pierre-Paul was treated and released in South Florida the same day of the accident, we wanted to ensure that the medical team had an opportunity to perform a thorough evaluation here in Tampa, and that process is ongoing as if um, there's no declaration. Of course, I found out... How's, how we often find out <laughs> with uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter, according to my sources, Jason Pierre-Paul could miss the season with a fractured vertebrae. He was evaluated in Tampa by their doctors. Uh, if he does have to have surgery, he's definitely out for the year. At the minimum, he's out indefinitely. And, you know, it's a terrible blow for the Bucks, and so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll find out more, I suppose, as we go along here. I don't know what percentage chance there is that he would play. It doesn't sound like something necessarily, um, you know, that that you you could play with. But we don't know to the extent of of the fractured vertebrae. I mean, it it also sounds like something that when he was taken to the hospital, they did not uh, they did not detect it. You know, that this was this was sort of detected through further evaluation by the Bucks, as opposed to him finding out, you know, at the hospital and being released and then being confirmed. But we don't even know that much. It's uh, and, 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 you know, the timing when we talk about the draft, but, but also they, they're just not in a position from a salary camp standpoint. I mean, here, here are their options, basically. 
And the first thing, you know, the first thing people leapt to in terms of, you know, well, well, what does this mean? Does this mean now that Gerald McCoy, you know, has to be on this football team? I mean, how can you lose both JPP who had 12 and a half sacks, you know, was their, their best pass rusher, and then you say goodbye to McCoy, who was third on the team with six sacks, but led the team with 21 quarterback hits. So imagine last year at any point going into games and saying, we don't have JPP or Gerald. How are we going to do? And they really haven't done anything to, to sort of buttress their pass rush in the offseason. You know, they added Shaq Barrett. Now it's a different scheme. So Noah Spence might, might be a better player in this scheme. You know, you certainly have a, a guy like Carl Nassib, who they think is going to be a good stand-up um, outside linebacker, pass rusher. But there's just not there's just not a lot there. And so, you know, the prospect of having both these guys, you wonder now, and the first question I got was, well, that means they, they definitely bring McCoy back, right? Especially if they can get some savings on the salary cap from JPP. The answer is probably not. I don't think it changes. I don't think you can look at these as being related. First of all, can you imagine the phone call from Jason Light at this point with all the rhetoric that's been going on to Gerald McCoy that says, so, uh, how was your Cinco de Mayo? Uh, and, and I mean, you know, I mean, Cheryl just ripped you on, on Cinco de Mayo, basically saying, you know, don't you ever question me, you know, and uh, talking about, you know, whether I love football and all this kind of stuff. And I got my kids and I'm working out. Y'all probably drinking. You're probably drinking right now, you know, and, and he was he was at he was at the gym. So there's some some things that need to be smoothed over over there. Uh, you know, but I think that, you know, the plan was that McCoy probably wasn't going to be here. And I, I expected that to come to a head this week. I don't know if it changes the timetable at all. Maybe we don't get a resolution. Um, but I think that this looked like to me, and I talked to some people around the league about this, but to me, it looked like they're already headed for a divorce, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you fall out of love with somebody and something happens, you know, to your girlfriend, I mean, it's not like all of a sudden, oh, you know what? I, I'm now suddenly back in love. I, I just think that, that they had already decided, and, and he's, you know, he's a defensive tackle. He's not a defensive end. Yes, he's, he's been one of their better players, but if they don't think he's worth $13 million before JPP got hurt, I don't think they think he's worth $13 million now. And they're committed to Vita Vea. Um, you know, they've, they've added some guys, in, uh, guys like Shaq Barrett from the Broncos. Um, they drafted the kid from Iowa, Anthony Nelson, in the fourth round. You know, I mentioned Noah Spence could be a guy that could suddenly be resurrected his career in this 3-4 because he's more suited for it. You know, so I, I just think that, you know, there's still some bitterness there, obviously, and some bad feelings. And I, I, I don't think you I don't think you look at Gerald's situation any different if you're the Bucks just because JPP is out. The only difference is, and I, I don't – you're not keeping Gerald because JPP may be out. But – if you really wanted to keep Gerald, but you just financially you couldn't figure out a way to do it based on you didn't want to get rid of some of the other players you could to keep him, if you can save $6 million off JPP salary. It gives you the ability. Now you it. have yeah. the ability to sign your draft picks with the $6 million plus the one oh, eight. Yeah. You're pretty close. Where you could keep Gerald if you choose. Financially, it, I think there's a, there's an, an opportunity, right. yeah. And it's not that not that because JPP went down, you want to, you're keeping McCoy as, you know – to replace him because they they play different positions. Right. But if you did have an interest in keeping McCoy, but just couldn't figure out a way financially to make it work for how you want to set up your team. Now, maybe you have that window. I don't think it's going to happen, 
but it's possible. It's possible. I sure would like to be on the other end of that phone call. <laughs> would love to hear how that went. <laughs> oh, oh now, oh now you think I can play? Oh now you think I have passion because you got a guy in an accident? Uh, you know that sort of thing. Of course, if if the Bucks want him to play, all they got to do is play, is pay him. I mean, he's their player. He can't play anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they it's not like you have to ask him. But the other uh, thing this could do is, look, you're going to save. Assuming this is assuming JPP's out. So right, if he right, sure. if he doesn't need surgery, then this is all moot point. But if you can save the six million between what's guaranteed and what his contract you were planning on, you've got your one eight now. Now you could sit there and take Gerald McCoy to training camp because you can sign your draft picks without having to cut Gerald. Yeah, the only danger is that if you if you really don't want, I mean, yeah. if you do that, you're planning on him playing. But you know, it's not like well, but you can cut him. I take him to in training camp. You can cut him any well, time because it's not can. guaranteed till he's on the roster. Well, but here's where one. it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed if he gets hurt. That's true. You see what I'm saying? Like a lot of teams don't want to take guys to training camp or play him in the preseason because yep. they could get injured and then they owe him the contract. He's a vested veteran, so his contract is guaranteed against injury um, if he's out there on the field doing stuff. So that's why you'll see a lot of teams really not be that. That's why I don't think they're they're that broken up that McCoy isn't in the offseason training program. Mm-hmm. He goes out there and, and you know, Turns his, you know, tears his ACL, you know, doing doing field drills in phase two of the offseason workout program. Guess what? He just, you know, he just taught cost you thirteen mil. Right. So they're not broken up about the fact he's not there. In fact, I, you know, like I told you, I reported that they told him he didn't need to be there, and that's that's the hypocrisy of this whole thing. You know, fans are chanting, "Well, he should be there," and you know, you know, he didn't care about playing. All nah, it's not like that. They don't want him there. They know he's in shape, and that's why he filed the video just to tell people, you know, don't ever doubt me and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I don't. I just don't see this sort of materializing into a, you know, well then, you know, if A then B. It's not. It's not really that equation. So we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I, I could be could be dead wrong about it, but I don't. I don't think I am. And again, I've kind of run this through uh, through the league uh, washing uh, machine and try to see what I could get here. Um, the other thing is, uh, okay, well, let's let's see what else do they do then. How about how about they go sign a free agent? Well, we're back to the fact that they don't have any salary cap space. But let's say that maybe they they save some of JPP's salary if that's what they choose to do, um, and uh, maybe they create more by cutting Gerald McCoy, right? So suddenly they have his thirteen million. So all right, so who's available? Well, if there's any free agent out there now it's probably because of one of two things, because the music has stopped, right, and you don't have a team. So that says something. That says either you were asking for too much money, which is possible, or the tape's just not very good, right? So who are the guys out there? Well, you still got Ndamukong Sue, who played, you know, one year for the Rams at $14.5 million. He won't sniff that this year, I assure you. You have Muhammad Wilk- Wilkerson, Wilkerson um, who, who at one point was considered one of the better uh, inside, you know, players and, and could play outside in, in a 3-4, um, but then suddenly, you know, stopped playing very well and uh, was let go, you know, by the Jets at one point. Um, you have, uh, as far as defensive ends go, you got a guy like Ezekiel Ansa, who's available as a free agent. But, you know, all these guys, all these guys have faults. I mean, Ansa, I don't think uh, – I mean, he's he's been hurt really the last last couple of years. So, um, you know, and and again, there's there's the whole 
thing about trying to figure out how much money they want and, and that sort of thing. So Now, there will be I, some guys cut during training camp from other teams. Absolutely. Mostly because of maybe younger players salary. taking their spot or salary. Yeah, the draft has happened, and then mm-hmm. now they, you know, they realize that they're in a bad way with some of their guys, and you'll have this second round of free agency, which the Bucks would like to have taken advantage of. But again, they got to get the money from somewhere. So I go back to McCoy and say, well, if they stick to the plan of cutting McCoy, they get thirteen million dollars, and then maybe they they do realize some savings from JPP. So they might have some money to to bring in a guy. But again, I you know I don't think that that what's out there is is quality necessarily and it's probably not like jpp i'll tell you what you probably are forced to do and it's what you did to get jpp i think you have to make a trade um now you know teams aren't you know just like with jpp that was sort of a cold call you know it was a good calculated guess that that gettleman would move him but basically jason called around and was looking for a pass rusher and said is there any way you'd consider call trading jpp he's like yeah as a matter of fact we would that's kind of the phone calls that Jason has to make now. And just like we talked about with, with uh, the draft, you know, there, there are some teams out there looking at some of their players, and it might not be obvious, um, that they realize what they got now in the draft. And, and as much as anything, they want to create the opportunity for that player. And they may have a player sitting in front of them that's an established, really good veteran making maybe a lot of money, but towards the end of his career. And they may say, you know what, it's time to move him so we can play our young guy. Uh, and you just don't know. You have to you have to do your due diligence on that. I mean, it, you know, uh, one team that you know it was at the trading deadline last year, but it worked for them was the Los Angeles Rams. They they eventually made a deal for uh, Dante Fowler uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and Fowler actually helped them. And you know, he made made the big play against Drew Brees in the overtime uh, against the Saints and the NFC Championship game. So, um, you know, that's. That's something you can do. Now, the problem with it is is that you're mortgaging a part of your future, right, because you're giving up a, a, a future draft pick since this year's draft is over. No, but you're trying to uh, win now. I mean, that's one thing. But you want to win now. That's it. That's it. And, and that's why that makes sense because, um, you know, they're not – this is not a rebuild. It's a reload. So, you know, now you've lost your best pass rusher. How would you get him? You traded for him. How are you going to replace him? You might have to trade for somebody. And I think it's probably more likely that's the best avenue. Now it's not, you know, it takes two to tango. You can't just say, "Well, I'm a, I'm a, find, I'm a trade for somebody." You got to find a, a team that's willing to move someone that you like, and that that's a hard proposition. It worked out with JPP. Uh, there may not be a team that 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 has somebody you like that is willing to deal them. But that's where we're at. I mean, that, those are their options. You know, the the final option is your players are your players, right? How many times do you hear that? Like somebody has to step up, man. You know, um, last year, you know, they got – I mean, think about this. They got Carl Nassib, and this is another avenue that they'll continue to bang. But, uh, you know, as teams cut players, and they will, then the waiver system goes into play. They got Carl Nassib off waivers the week of of the first regular season game. And all he did was come in and wind up being second on the team with six and a half sacks and played great and was a starter. So, you know – you, now you could have a guy like you know Nassib go from six and a half to maybe he maybe he leads your team in sacks. Maybe you get something from Shaq Barrett. Maybe Noah Spence uh, can play the three four. You know you just you might have to just hope that the guys you have, including the, including the draft pick, 
uh, from Iowa that those guys rise to the occasion and you've got a player there somewhere that just breaks out, you know, and takes that role that uh, Jason Pierre Hall had. But we're naive to think that there's not going to be other players that get injured during the year, right? We saw McCoy get nicked up. Um, even Pierre Paul missed a game, I think. So, you know, there are, uh, it's a long season and, uh, you know, you can't guarantee any of these guys aren't going to get hurt. So, it's a it's a bad it's look there's again if you if we threw a dart at this roster if we said okay let's list the players that the bucks absolutely don't want to be without okay you might start with the quarterback okay just because he's your, he's your franchise all right Jameis winston all right we don't you know if you're the bucks you don't want to lose him because you've got really nothing behind him by by design so you don't want to lose Jameis winston Okay, who would be next? Mike Evans? You know, I mean, Mike Evans is the offense, right? It runs through him. Um, those two guys are, are, you know, very productive, and, and you don't really have a receiver that does everything Mike Evans does. All right, so after that, you say Donovan Smith because there's no left tackle on the roster and you want to protect your quarterback. Um, but you're going to get to JPP really fast, like really fast. And so, you know, it, it's it's just not – it's not an ideal thing to say the least. And, and think about, boy, think about this guy. You know, he's had an unbelievable career. He's made a ton of money and all that stuff. But, man, what was 2015, he has the fireworks accident, which, you know, most people thought would end his career. He battles back from that. I remember uh, when he was traded to the Bucks. I asked him about what he had learned about what he had learned about himself through that terrible ordeal. And he said, I learned that I'm indestructible. <laughs> Like you can't just. There's nothing can can hurt me. Uh, that's being and, tested you know, this week. It's being tested. That's right. There are certain injuries, and you know, God forbid that this becomes something that ends his career. You know, because we don't know the severity of it. Um, but it sounds kind of daunting. You know, Mike Mike Allstott had a, a had a fused vertebrae that eventually ended his career. Um, you know, we saw Peyton Manning have to go through something similar that. Oh, it certainly affected him. I mean, and again, I don't know the extent of this. this is this might have been something that that seems minor, and if they're talking about it, maybe not needing surgery, uh, that that would be really good news, and, and it means that it's not a a major fracture, so to speak. But um, you know, it just uh, you know, it's just tough for a team that you know had a lot of issues on defense, and you know gave up 29 points a game has a new coordinator, has to have a new system that they were going to learn. You know, that's the other thing, too. Like, JPP was not in the offseason program. Uh, you know, and a lot of people would be like, well, you know, if he was, if he was here, maybe he wouldn't have been there to, uh, to get in an accident. It happened near his home. Some details are rolling out about that very slowly because apparently the Florida Highway Patrol were the responding agency to that accident, that one-car accident back in, in, in a May 2nd. And it was, you know, again, it was 5 a.m. By 5.37 or so, they had cleared the, the roadways. Um, you know, and it, apparently there was, uh, uh, I think, Palisario or somebody reported that, uh, uh, that, that it had been raining that morning and that the, the vehicle may have hydroplaned, you know, on a puddle when they lost control. So, you know, but we still don't know. And I guess we will eventually, but we still don't know what JP was, where he was going. Is he driving home from somewhere uh, at 5 a.m.? Was he uh, headed to an airport or a workout? Like, we don't know. Uh, and I'm sure the Bucks, know. no one's telling, no one's saying anything publicly. 
So those those are all pieces that still have to kind of be put together. But you know, the Bucks with uh, with some pretty bad news. So let's uh, let's move on to some good news. I, I, we mentioned just in the open, real quick. Uh, the next man in the Ring of Honor, not a surprise. I think it's an obvious choice, uh, but he gets his turn. Is is Rondi Barber, who um, still anytime you think of Rondi Barber, and I know when he made the Ring of Honor, um, you know the first thing you see. Uh, is, is the greatest play in Bucks history that he absolutely made, which was the interception return for a touchdown against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game that propelled them to the Super Bowl. And, of course, uh, they went on to uh, throttle Oakland and become world champions. And, uh, you know, that, that game was, was still in the balance when, when Rondé made that pick, uh, you know, set up Donovan McNabb beautifully from that slot corner position, uh, you know, looked like he was going to blitz, peeled back just in time. Uh, took away the throw and then and then returned it for a touchdown. And it's an iconic sort of memory uh, that all Bucks fans have. Uh, and, and if you go back and you look at that game, now I, I would be willing to say this without any reservation at all. That is the singular greatest game I've ever seen a Buccaneer player have uh, at a big moment, and maybe ever. Like he filled every category uh, stat-wise in that game. He had he had at least one sack. He had an interception. I believe he either forced and or recovered a fumble. He, re- I think he returned a punt in that game. I mean, he did. He it was unbelievable the sort of game he had. Like every play, Rondy Barber made. He was just on fire, and he wanted up sealing it, sealing the deal, which was sweet for him because you know, against Philadelphia, especially that had been where their season had gone to die. But also his brother playing, his brother Tiki playing for the Giants. Um, you know, the, the Eagles hated the Giants. And so when Rondé would score or make a big play, he always pointed to the back of his jersey. And you kind of say, what is he doing? Well, he always pointed to the name Barber because he knew that that just made the, the blood boil uh, when they saw that name Barber on the back of his jersey uh, since they hated Tiki so much. So, um, yeah, he goes in. And, and you know, look, he's a, he was a semifinalist, I believe, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame the last few years. He's a guy that absolutely should get consideration for that moving forward. Uh, you know, only John Lynch is kind of ahead of him right now because John's been in that room, a finalist, one of the top 15 the last seven years. Um, so there's a chance. But there, in some ways, you can make a better argument for Rondé because of his career interception numbers and all of that. The thing that hurts him for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I think it's, I think it's unfair, um, is the fact that he, you know, wasn't, strictly an outside corner you know was he wasn't Deion Sanders he didn't play press he wasn't always out there um, he was a guy that would move inside and he sort of revolutionized that nickel slot position nobody could do the things he did from it especially rushing the passer I mean I think he's the only guy to have you know over 40 interceptions and over 30 sacks in his career I believe um, just a really versatile player would play the run tough guy you know, slamming up in there against, you know, with 300-pound guards uh, wearing on you and all that. Uh, he could do it all, and he, play, and he played, what, like 16 years. So um, just just a remarkable career and one that uh, at minimum will end with him going into the ring of honor. He'll be calling that game for Fox. It's against the Giants, which is kind of cool, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Tiki played against them. Um, so it'll be a nice moment for Rondé and uh, – you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. He is well-deserving, and it's the obvious choice and one that they needed to make. Um, I think that, uh, you know, somebody asked me, I was on uh, doing my TV show on Spectrum, 
on Tuesday night, and there's a question like, is he, is Ronnie Barber the greatest buck of all time? Uh, my answer to that is no. He's one of them, though. And if you make the roll call, you're not going to go very far before you get to him. I think you have to start with the guys that were first ballot Hall of Fame players. I mean, you know, there's a reason why they went into the Hall of Fame, first of all. And secondly, they were they went in as first ballot guys. I was talking about Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. Now, mm-hmm. Leroy Selman, Leroy Selman potentially was the greatest buck of all time. He was the first pick they ever made. And, and, and you know, he had an unbelievable career. He didn't go in the Hall of Fame with the first ballot, but he was, you know, certainly an, just, you know, tremendous player. You can you can toss a coin between Sapp and Brooks. Um, I said that I would lean a little towards Brooks as being the greatest of all time simply because uh, of sort of what he represented, uh, you know, off the field and also sort of as the captain. He was more of the voice than Sapp was. I mean, Sapp had the bluster, obviously, um, and, and Sapp a lot of times would say the things that, that Brooks didn't want wanted out there but didn't want to say himself, um, and, and Sapp was kind of the mouthpiece for that. Sap was incredible. I mean, it's really hard to choose between the two. But either either one of those is probably the greatest buck of all time. Um, and then uh, and you know, and then you go from there and you say, well, Leroy Salmon, I mean, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, I think you get to John Lynch pretty quick. Again, he's been in that room seven times. Rondé has not been a finalist yet. That's sort of indicative of what the rest of the NFL community thinks. And before it was, you know, before Ronnie Barber began that great career, you know, it was Sap, Brooks, and Lynch um, that were taking their teams to the playoffs and turning around, you know, the Bucks' uh, uh, fortune. So, um, you know, those guys those guys belong up there. But you, you wouldn't go too far uh, before you would mention Rondy Barber. So that's pretty cool. By the way, did you see what uh, what your guy Jameis was doing the other day? Yeah, so, you know, out, out enjoying playing some golf. <laughs> yeah, playing some golf. He was like the human tee. They, apparently they were doing trick shots off his head. This is a yeah, scary no, This was a professional guy doing trick shots. So granted, but you know that's like saying he's a professional guy that that uh, shoots apples. You know, off your for, off your head. Like well, I, that's great. Well, you and I, I were think you and I were talking about this earlier. I said next week he's bringing a knife thrower out to hit an apple off his head. <laughs> right. I mean, no. Well, he's a professional. Okay, that's a knife, and then well, this is a. This is a driver. I brought up the yeah. professional, so if anyone who has not seen the video, it's not like you, your buddy sat there and put a ball on your head and took a, a baseball swing. Well, he's a trick shot artist, but we right. don't know this guy. I mean, look. I'm not, know, I'm not saying it's smarter he should have done it. What I'm saying is it's not like, you know. He did have a helmet on, though. Yes. It wasn't, like just, it wasn't just his coconut. That's true. Could you imagine on the day that they found out that Jason Pierre-Paul has a broken neck? <laughs> If that guy had taken a driver to the back of his head or something would have happened, <laughs> holy crap. I mean, <laughs> that, and they had it all on video too, folks. Um, they may not sorry. have released that video if that would have went that way. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I mean, can you find somebody at the uh, Derek Brooks uh, Celebrity Golf Tournament that isn't the starting quarterback of the Buccaneers to, to, uh, you know, to drive the ball off his head? Goodness. It's kind of funny, though. It's funny because nothing happened. Right. Yeah, it's funny now, sure. Everybody's laughing now. Yeah. I assume he only took one swing at it. I can't imagine they just kept teeing it up. I would hope not. That would be bad. So, yeah, that's what we got there. So, um, the Tampa Bay Rays had a nice night again. They beat Arizona 6-3. Another first inning inning run with Brendan Lowes, leadoff home run. First pitch. First pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell you what, I, I called it. I called it. Somebody asked me 
a couple weeks ago, who do you think will lead the Rays in home runs? Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, he was leading the Rays in home runs. Yep. This is not a stretch, but Yandy Diaz was right there with him at six. And I said, it's got to be Brandon Lau. This kid has the quickest hands and can get it through the zone. He has got that beautiful left-handed sort of uppercut swing. Yep. It looks effortless. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Barrels the ball up, um, and, and it, the ball just carries. He gets that good backspin on it. Um, you know, can hit left-handers or right-handers. Doesn't really get fooled all that much. Kind of sits back on the ball. Like he, the last home run he hit, the one before this one, he was fooled. He was out in front, but he kept mm-hmm. his hands back and just kind of rolled over it. Yep. Um, that, that was a big home run that he had uh, on the road and, and won that game the other day. So, uh, yeah, Lau gets him off to a good start. Man, those first inning runs just keep pouring on for the Rays. And, uh, you know, they, they get a nice job from, uh, from Jalen Beeks comes in. Emilio Pagan looked standing. great late in the game. He did. Pagan's doing a nice job, man. Willie really Adamas uh, hit the ball hard. He kind of drove the ball for the first time in a long time. To left he field uh, for a nice, you know, did well. Mm-hmm. So it was good. The Rays win another series. That's right. And they have a chance to sweep this one. They can. Uh, they got Charlie Morton on the mound for mm-hmm. the nice businessman special. Plenty of good seats available. I know Mark Tompkins puts this in the, uh, the newspaper. It annoys people all the time, you know, but this was, again, another season low. Um, not loud, but a season low crowd. Yes, Nate, uh, not Brendan. That's right. Just uh, yeah, we should. Is it an eight crowd or a Brendan? Uh, just over uh, eight thousand, like eight thousand twenty something or whatever. But um, yeah, just you know, hey, and I said John Romano's written about this recently. But look, they're gonna have big crowds against the Yankees only because they're the Yankees, mm-hmm. and they'll have big crowds against the Red Sox because they're the Red Sox. Yep. That Yankee series, though, man, the Yankees just keep winning. They will not go away. It doesn't matter who's on the I.L. for them. Yeah, this is the first time on uh, Tuesday night they came from behind in the trailing in the eighth inning in 51 games. Wow. So they won tonight. So they remain two games back. Two games back. Yep. They, think about that. If they come in here at two games back, there's a chance that they leave in first place. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable, but there's a chance. There's yep. also a chance that, that the Rays, you know, gain some more – more real separation. Absolutely. Well, and they may get a big piece back this weekend. Austin Meadows could return to the lineup this weekend against the Yankees. Sooner than expected. He's already began yep. his rehab uh, rehab games, and um, they're thinking he might be in the lineup on Friday. Yep, and Hunter Wood could be back by Sunday. Matt Duffy had a little uh, kind of pause in his rehab, and he may be back swinging again this weekend. Uh, Brett yeah, Honeywell's been songs. shut down. He's having some issues yeah. with the arm now. That's not, that. that's not looking good for this season. Or you know, I'm not an expert, but at least he's going to yeah. be delayed some. And Michael Perez was a late scratch on Tuesday night, so he may have to go on the DL with uh, right oblique tightness. Mm. They're not sure that's what's going to happen there yet. So, Yeah, the oblique injuries are never good because no. they're they slow to heal and, um, and you use them, obviously use your, your, your core for everything, especially as a catcher, but swinging the bat and stuff like that. So... You know, it's a long season, and, I mean, it takes its toll when you're playing every night or every other night uh, for the most part. 
you know, these, these things crop up. And, and certainly the Yankees have had way more than their share and other teams too. And it's just something that where depth, you know, it, it becomes your friend. I mean, you have to have uh, guys that are willing, you know, able to play other positions. That's where the Rays make out well because they've got so much versatility in all their starters. And so, you know, it's not like you lose your shortstop and now you're like, oh, my God, who's playing shortstop? I mean, you've got guys that can go from the infield to the outfield. In fact, Brandon Lau played right field for the first time, I think, this season, uh, the other night. So, you know, he's capable of, of playing a lot of places as well. The biggest thing is to keep his bat in the lineup. So, anyway, great start for the Rays. Another series won and uh, a chance to sweep today against Charlie Morton. All right, Chris Torella joins us now. And, uh, Chris, uh, thanks for coming back. Boy, I tell you, man, the, the, the people loved uh, your appearance, and, and apparently they're trying to push me out of Sports Day Tampa Bay, so I'm, I'm glad you're <laughs> back. Um, haven't talked to you since the NFL draft. You know, a little thing that we saw you over there at One Buck Place every day. It was pretty eventful. Just uh, in general, uh, how do you think the Bucks did in that thing? I thought they should have taken the kicker in the second round. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, I would have gone right for that golden leg right away. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, seriously, when Dave Gettleman, you know, handed the card in for six and Daniel Jones, I mean, that's when that's when Jason Light should have been like, wait, hold my beer. We're going to trade back to seven and we're just going to exactly. take the kicker, you know. But, right. uh, I mean, overall, I think they, they had to do what they had to do. Devin White seems like a home run pick. He seems like such a great person, and that's yeah. so important. So I love the Devin White pick. I'm actually really big on the Iowa kid they took day three, Anthony Nelson. Um, mm-hmm. I really love his land thing, six, seven. The kid's a tree. Um I love I love what his his motor, you know, if you you actually get a chance to actually I mean, the thing is, like, listen, we're, I'm not a scout. So, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I knew who the kid really was before the draft, you know, but, um, you know, you get a chance to kind of look at his tape. And I just think he's going to be huge for the Bucs. Um, I really like what he can do. And um, you know, he's played at Ray J a couple times, you know, and that's a bit, I think that's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, he's in two Outback Bowls. So um, I like Anthony Nelson. Um, I like the kid they took, uh, the oh, Lord, uh, Jamel, Jamel Dean, I believe his name was, the kid from, uh, I think he's from Cocoa Beach originally. I like him too. So I like some of the picks they made. Obviously, I think you've said this, Rick, on our show before. It's too early because you have to see them develop. But, I mean, you have to enjoy some of the, I think, some of the scouting and I think some of the picks the Bucks did make. The Anthony Nelson, of course, not to be confused with Major Nelson. Back in the I Dream of Genie days, Barbara Eden, of course, played I Dream of Genie, also from Cocoa Beach, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, Anthony Nelson seems seems like a player. Um, that was good. I um, what did you make of? I guess I guess the thing that I don't know if it really surprised me, but boy, they went all in on defensive backs. You know, last year they took three defensive backs and Carlton Davis, yeah. MJ Stewart. Jordan Whitehead, those guys combined to start 40 games. Had zero interceptions, by the way. Um, and then this year they, they, they sort of doubled down on that, right? I mean, you know, mm. they, they get three more defensive backs. So is it that they maybe not are completely sold on the other guys? Of course, Brendan Hargraves is coming back. Or yeah. um, we saw some injuries and they were, like, basically grabbing guys off the street to play last year with Andrew Adams and, you know, Levante, uh, Devontae Harris and guys like that. Well, I think you can never have enough talent at a certain position. I mean, um, you know, I think the Bucks. I mean, one thing is Vernon Hargraves, as we know, is going to finally move back to his natural position. And so he can right. finally have a chance to, to shine a little bit there. I think with, I think that, you know what, I know this is a football. They went out and got some dudes. That's what they got this year. I think they got some dudes to play the DBs. And I think that's what they need, some attitude. They need some guys who aren't afraid to just go for the ball or to hit somebody. And I think – 
there or, or to play coverage. Like, I think they got different guys to do different things. And like you said, last year they do. They go out, they get some guys. Maybe it was an injury concern. Maybe they figured, you know what, if this guy, we need to move over here, this guy can come plug right in. So I think you're going to see a really lively kind of, you know, when we get through the summer in every camp, OTA, mini camp, wherever it is, you know, whatever they call it these days, I think that's, you're going to see a lot of movement. I think you're going to see a lot of guys being worked in. And I think that's a good thing for the Bucks. They listen, their defense is, is the reason why their offense has had to, you know, come play yeah. from behind so often. We heard Bruce Arians talking about it on day three. I think he had an interview with ESPN and that's basically what it was. So I think if I'm, if I'm the Bucks, you had to go all in on defense. I actually looked this up, Rick. They, they went five straight defensive picks to start the draft. I, I'm pretty sure, this according to sports reference, that hasn't happened since 95. I'm pretty yeah, sure that wow. was the last time. And that was Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks who led that class. So I'm pretty sure that was the last time it happened. Yeah, you never know. I mean, all these guys, the one thing, you know, Sean Bunting, all these guys, the one thing they could do is run and they make plays. So mm-hmm. I think that's something they needed. They definitely needed to upgrade the speed. And it's a different scheme. It's a press press man yeah. it's uh you know i think that'll help the guys that uh, played zone last year so yeah i mean i i got it it would have been nice i think if they had maybe uh addressed the offensive line um they didn't you know get another running back although um you know they were able to uh, do some stuff uh, with the undrafted free agents mm. so we'll see you can't get everything in the same day now the one thing they did get and we made we made a little light of it at the beginning um is but but look i mean they drafted another kicker they drafted yeah. another kicker <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I got to believe that that's an Arians thing. Cause I can't imagine that, that Jason light would subject himself to that scrutiny again, but yep. you know, it, the whole thing that, that confused me, Chris, is that they went out and got Bradley Pinion, uh, who is a, who is a punter, but they paid extra for him. I mean, you know, most yeah. punters go around two million. He got $3 million because he kicked off. And why is that important? Well, because Cairo Santos is a guy that they resigned for a million and he's, he was, ostensibly until the draft going to be their their place kicker and is not a kickoff guy now all of a sudden you you know you get um the kicker from utah who you know another lou groza award winner and he's a bigger guy and he kicks off as well so it kind of kind of makes i mean you know hey you can't have enough guys to kick off but <laughs> i i still but i still think it's it's a it's an it's an odd thing to to draft this many kickers um as an organization um, and yet I, it's, it's like the Holy grail. They're searching for that guy. That's going to do it for 10 years, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, we remember sitting first off that first four minutes of that Jason light press conference that day three, I just sat Ooh. there enjoying me. I just, oh, I just, was en- difficult. I, I was just enjoying it to be honest. Exactly. For Miss someone who enjoys awkwardness, I was enjoying the heck out of it <laughs> from sitting there. That was, I was what second row. I think, you know, I was just like, where's the popcorn? I was, I mean, right from the get go. Right from the get-go, Jason, another kicker. And it was like, okay, like that's where we're going. So, I mean, it took Jason Light to say, hey, guys, we got other players like to actually talk about right. the other players. Right. But, right. well, listen, but it but it is an important thing. And I think you're right. This better have been a Bruce Arians decision because, I mean, they they you got to tell me there's not a nice offensive lineman out there who's not on your board. Oh, sure. who, you know, I mean, so this had to be some like the highest level saying, no, 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 we're taking you and that's the end of it. But I think... I think this is an offense that has gotten into the red zone before and they've needed mm-hmm. to come away with points. And unfortunately the ball hasn't gone through the uprights. So they need to get guys who can put points on the board. And, and I think if there's, if they have someone who they know can make the kick, whether it's through the up to 40, up to 45, up to 47, if they feel like it's this kid, run them out there, you know? And, but here's the thing. I think 
the Bucks and Bucks fans are going to have to realize, you know, there may be some growing pains. He may, they may miss a kick. You know, they may not make everything you want. But the big thing is, is I remember the competition with Aguayo and they were running everybody in and it was every day, every day at training camp. Well, what was the, what was it today? They were both six for six. They were both five for five or one of them was four for five. You know, it's like, you don't want that. You want to just listen, here's our guy. We're running them out there. So hopefully at some point they make a decision. Like you don't want them to be both on edge. I don't know why this isn't like you're making a QB decision for some reason with kickers mental Rick, it's all mental. You know, I mean, just, just kick the ball through and, and hopefully the guy they chose, I like this kid. He made a couple of big kicks in college, so we'll see what happens, but it, it's, it's an inexact science, which is what Jason Light said on day three of the draft. Well, he's a bigger guy. He's, um, you know, yeah. 230 pounds, um, you know, talking to Keith Armstrong says, you know, he just, just has a different sound to the ball. Um, you know, naturally got has power, can get the ball you know far and long and, and up very quickly. It doesn't really matter though. I mean, my my opinion is this guy can go a hundred for a hundred in the preseason and training camp. They could chart every mm-hmm. kick. On the Saturday night before the opener against the 49ers, I there's not gonna be a coach on that staff that knows for sure what Matt Gay is gonna do with his first pressure kick in the NFL. There's no way to there's no way to prep that. And he and it, no. I, and ironically at Utah, he made big kicks. Never made a game winner. Never had to attempt a game winner, which is odd, but it's true. Yeah, but you just, he made that kick to make it 3-3 in the third quarter one time, though. I mean, that's a big kick. Uh, no, but I remember I put that kick up after he got drafted, and the, the comments, Rick, it was, he barely <laughs> made that kick. It was, what the hell is wrong with the Bucks? It's like, he made the kick. Who cares? It's, it's Who good, cares? man. Do you care yeah. how much air is left underneath that? Like, no. I mean, I guess people get so worried about the extra soundbite of it would have been good from 70. It's like they wouldn't have run him out there for 70. Like, I mean, like right, I get right. so fed up with that stuff. But you're and listen, Jason Light said it. We have tried left and right mentally. What's in between the ears? Like they've talked to everybody. I mean, they're just trying to find a guy who's like, you know what? Run me out there. I'll kick the dang Be ball. The and that's what yeah, they need. Fun. Yeah, they yeah. just need yeah. somebody, man. Ugh. Well. We're going to get another uh, kicking competition. We'll be out there to watch that and charting it every day, I'm sure. Before we leave the Bucks <laughs> draft, I got to believe, uh, and, and, you know, I look, I don't know a lot about Daniel Jones. I watched him play with the Giants, or not with the Giants, with Duke. Uh, it, you know, I think they could have gotten him much later than number six, to say the least. I think the poor kid, though, by being picked where he was by Dave Gettleman, mm-hmm. has now been saddled with the worst nickname of a quarterback that he could <laughs> ever possibly have, and that is pick six. I don't know how that doesn't stick with him the rest of his career. He's going to have to be Eli Manning. But the radio up in New York had to be just all over the Giants in this pick with, with Daniel Jones, was it not? Were they not just, well, it, I mean, well, what, it's, what, it's what me. is Francesa saying? It's, well, first off, Rick, it's me. It's me. I'm here because it's me. So I know it's me. Okay? Okay? And let me tell you something. The Giants, they're lost. The clowns, okay? This kid, and by the way, I've seen this kid play a million times, okay? I mean, I, I, I flew to Duke every Saturday, <laughs> sure okay? Because you, you know me. You know me. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I listen, 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 Sam Donald, I never heard of the kid, but I knew him. I watched him. <laughs> I mean, I love him. You've, got, you've known me. People who know me, you know that I love that kid. What's his name, Sam? I love Sam. You know I love Sam. I mean, okay, okay. But now, basically, with Dan, with Jones, oh, no, it was da- – like. and here's the thing, though. If it's a quarterback and you believe in your quarterback, does it matter where you take him? 
You know, and that's the thing. If I'm Dave Gettleman, I don't go out on a tour and say, you know, we took him, we took him. Like, just shut up. Just say, this is my quarterback. To hell with the rest of you. Like, this is the yeah, guy well. I wanted, and I, and I wanted him at six. That's all he has mm-hmm. to say, but. You know, I mean, but oh no, it was it was it was a couple of days of reckoning up in New York for oh, sure. And I'll tell you, yeah, you you people have to download these apps. I mean, it's wonderful. Like it's like when Boston loses a game, it's just great up in Boston. Just listen to this stuff. They just they kill their team. It's tremendous. So, but yeah, no, well, the, the, this pick will live forever with this kid. You're absolutely right. He's got a lot of pressure on him, and eventually, of course, they they want him to uh, to replace Eli Manning, although maybe not right away. But. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, and I, I'm going to agree with you that in this sense that if that's your guy, what, 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 what worries me is when Gettleman says things like, I fell in love after three series at the Senior Bowl. What? The Senior Bowl? What? Wait, what? No, no. You know I who else in- does that? John Gruden is a big scene. John Gruden drafted, I think he drafted four guys that, that, that were on the other team at the Senior Bowl. Like, he, he goes for the guys, and he, did, and he fell in love with the same thing. I mean, I, re- I saw John when um, he took Cadillac Williams. Yeah, because Cadillac Williams was his captain, and then he wouldn't play Cadillac Williams in the Senior Bowl because he was so certain he was going to take him at five overall. Mm. That uh, and Cadillac got mad, but that's <laughs> that's that's these guys at the Senior was like, I tell you what, man, I ain't gonna play Cadillac Williams. You're not gonna dent my Cadillac. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna play that guy. <laughs> he was all over Cadillac Williams, and it, and here was Aaron Rodgers that he worked out in San Francisco with Jerry Rice, you know. And Ugh. he doesn't draft Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, that's the rest is history. So we'll see if Gettleman was right. It'll be many, many years down the road before we know for sure. And uh, we'll see if Eli, um, it, this, this is much of a push for him. But Yeah, but did you see that press conference when he said that about, like, I'm a full-bloom love? Like, it was so awkward. I'm in love. He, I'm in love. Yeah. 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 You know, I saw this guy. Was it the Big Twelve still? The Big Eight? Like that just tells you right there. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Right. And, really? And my favorite yeah. is Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer is Pat Shermer looks like the like the middle aged man who like <laughs> at your country club who's a millionaire but really not a self made millionaire. Like his dad's still alive and runs the company at age seventy, and he's just right. there for the fun, you know. But he's like, yep. oh, I'll take over one of these days. Like that's Pat Shermer. Like no offense yep. to Pat Shermer, seems like a nice guy. Seems like he has an offense. But, uh, but you know, I'm more. I was actually, I was reading an article over the weekend. Shermer really loves the kid. So if Shermer likes him, then then okay. If you got, you know, I don't what's want to what's he gonna say though? Seriously, guy. I mean, what's he gonna yeah, say? Well, yeah, but over the weekend, Rick, because well, actually this was yesterday with this whole thing, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it with McCoy. But like people were saying, like Jameis Winston, Dirk Cutter never believed in Jameis Winston. He wanted Mariota. Well, it does matter if a coach likes you or not. Well, I mean, no, it does matter. Yeah, you're over, right. So. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you want to be on record saying, no, that was my guy. I liked him better than yeah, Haskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. and I do think that at some level, and I don't know what level, but at some level, Dirk's honesty about that coming right out when he became head coach saying, well, I'm the one guy that didn't want him. I knew the other guy, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he, he quickly, you know, after he had Jameis, he was very he was very um, complimentary of how hard he worked oh, no, and he all these good. things. and. You know, but but I still think for Jameis there was this little bit of uh, yeah, well, you weren't really, you know. Whereas Lo- it was Lovey's call, and Lovey was the guy that was all on board yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, so exactly. you mentioned, all right, you mentioned you mentioned Gerald McCoy, and then we'll get into the important stuff like ping pong. Um, <laughs> Gerald McCoy came out with this Instagram. Now he had been quiet on social media, and you know, if you, I went back and, and, and watched this again, it's almost like a commercial. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like uh, one of those, you know. Just do it, Nike commercials. You know, kind of yeah. like you don't you don't believe in me. Don't you ever doubt me? You know, um, yeah. I don't know. Th- this feels to me like uh, 
there's going to be a divorce and somebody really wants the other person to sign the paper so they can get on with their lives. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like to me. I think it's, I think it's McCoy saying, you know, I've heard enough and, and, and some of it was addressed at the fans, but look, when he mentions, you know, questioning whether he still has enthusiasm for the game, that, that came from Bruce Arians back at the league meetings. So this, this seems, I'm just speculating a little bit here, but I think this is a big week. I, I, if I'm McCoy and I'm his agent, I'm trying to press. I think that's what this is. I think this was the initial, hey, I, let's, let's move on here. Let's do what you're going to do with me, but I, I'm ready to move yeah. on. Oh, I agree with you. And my, the funniest thing for me was, I think it was what Todd Bull spoke, I think, last week. And he said, this is above my pay grade. And <laughs> yeah. I just thought, boy, Todd, about a month ago, about two months ago, it was it was your pay grade. You know, now you're just right. a defensive coordinator and you're happy as can be. Um, mm. But you know, with McCoy, he looks good, man. He looks, so, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, there's no pads on him, but he looks really, he looks uh, lean. Slim down. If that's, he looks down. really yeah. healthy, you know, yeah. and I think he understands that, you know, there's been some questions. He's had some injuries throughout the years, but he looks really healthy. He looks motivated. I'm not that's sure we've key. ever seen a, a ticked off McCoy. Right. You know, right. like he's so even keel in the locker room when you're around him. You know, he's very right. thoughtful with his answers. You know, he sure. knows what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that actually, I think, you know, knows what someone has said about him or, or has written about the team. So he's one of those old school guys like back with Brooks and like they knew what the writers said. They always looked, you know, so I think he's a he's one of those guys. And I really um, I feel like he's going to have a really good year. I just don't think it's going to be in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, yeah. they, they've made it clear they don't I don't think they would want him here at 13 million. And why would you play here for 13 million on a team that? I know everyone thinks can go to the playoffs, but you know, I mean, he you know he wants to be on a team that's not just maybe making the playoffs. He wants to mm-hmm. go to a team that's playing deep into January, a team that has a shot to go to the Super Bowl. And and I don't think he really you know, but but I agree with you. For anyone to question him, why are you questioning him? You know, I mean, the guy the guy's still a stud. And I love when someone says this guy said on Twitter he's never been that good. He hasn't been that good. Like he's never impacted one game by himself. And I want to go, are you, are you kidding me? Have you, how many holes has he opened up for, for, for these linebackers? How much money has Mm -hmm. he made the guys behind him? It's ridiculous. How many double teams has he taken? I'm so sick of it, Rick. And it annoys me as a, as a, as a football fan. And as a, as a reporter, I'm like, what, what aren't you seeing? But this happens all the time. Wes Welker with the Patriots. He was great till he didn't make that catch. Now he's a bum. You know, up yeah. in New England. I mean, it's just the truth. This is what happens with fans. So I get it. I mean, fan is short for fanatic, but the respect has to be there for Gerald McCoy. And I really feel like he was angry at a lot of people when he released this video. Yeah, and, and it's going to be, you know, the one thing he's sort of uh, been blamed or, or uh, labeled, I guess, is that, he, you know, they didn't win. And so he was the face of a losing franchise for years and years. But, um, you know, he's he's a different personality than Sapp. He was never going to be Warren Sapp. It's unfair to comp- compare any player yeah. to a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the, menta- the, the temperament was totally different. And But mm. you're right. I think for the first time, Gerald McCoy will start a season with something to really prove. Um, with, you know, those burrs in his shoes are, are pretty big. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to come out with, with a little bit more attitude and it'll be interesting to see if that helps his game or, or maybe it doesn't matter. I, I don't really know, but, um, but I, and I'm not, here's the thing. I'm not sure that the bucks and the, at the end of the day, won't just say, well, you know what? I mean, 
let's take them back for 13 minutes. They can find the money to draft to sign their draft yeah. picks by cutting other players. It's not it's not a math problem. They got ample guys that can't play on that roster right now that they could cut and get and get enough money for their draft picks. It's just reckoning whether you know you're actually going to pay him 13 million for what you think you're going to get out of him. But in absence of him, you got Bo Allen and Vita Vea. What happens if Vita Vea gets hurt? What happens? Yeah. I mean, he was hurt last year. What happens if he can't play? Who's running in there? William Golson. Who do we got? You know, kid they drafted out of Missouri in the seventh round. There is not a lot on the cupboard right now. So if you're talking about winning now, winning right away, you know, um, Bruce Arians is is not rebuilding; he's reloading. Um, then you know you've got still one of the the guy that led you in quarterback hits last uh-huh. year. Um, that's ready to play and, and in good shape and, and, and a little ticked off. So we'll see what happens. I think his agent and maybe some others might be forcing the issue a little bit this week, and whether the Bucks respond to that or not, we'll see. Okay, uh, the, uh, we'll end on this with the Bucks, and, and you know how big this issue is. Um, there are those who, who look for reasons why the Bucks aren't winning, and there are many. Um, you've been in that locker room and, and it's gotta be really bad for TV, especially because when you're doing getting sound and you know, you guys have to have pictures and sound and we just need words. But even then when I go back and listen, you know, there's always a, yeah, yeah. You know, back and forth, the ping pong table. And for that matter, the, the miniature basketball hoop, how big of an issue is that for the bucks on Sunday? Well, that's everything, Rick. I mean, you know, let's 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 go inside the booth, as they say. Uh, you know, the ball's bouncing left, it's bouncing right, it's bouncing. I mean, you want you know what? You know, that's what it is, Rick. It's the Joe McCoy has the ping pong ball on his head. He's not thinking about third and eight. He's got the ping pong ball on his head. Like, I mean, give me a break. You know, it, it's a ping pong table. These guys play it to relieve. It's just for stress relief. It's for fun. It's camaraderie. You know, I yeah. mean, it's so Carl Nassib can talk about economics while putting spin on the ball you know i mean who cares it's a table i mean mike what would you have a problem when coach but you know, cut short of practice to go bowling one day for team camaraderie maybe that's why well, they're not the you know what they're not but they're not focused on football all day like they you know they get Ugh. 45 minutes to eat their lunch to get um mm. treatment and to get a shower and get dressed and talk to the media there's no time for ping pong they really should be in their playbooks all 51 of 53 of them staring blankly into a playbook waiting for us to talk to them. I mean, it's so yeah. it's so unrealistic, first and foremost. <laughs> and I think that, that people just look for, you know, for reasons, um, you know. And, and look, Arians can take that away if he wants to, although I, from my information is all, <laughs> all they've done is move it to the players' lounge yeah. because they got 90 freaking players in the locker room they can't squeeze a ping-pong table and in Rick, there right now. And me, so, remind me, Rick, 90's more than 53, right? That's more. That's it's, more numbers. It's damn near twice as many. It's a larger oh, well, number. It's see, more math, humans. Math yes. really hurts, you know. There yeah, you go. They yeah, need less yeah, space, so more numbers. That's kind of what it comes down to. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see what they do at the ping pong table. All right, we'll wrap up uh, here on the Rays. And uh, good to see Blake Snell be Blake Snell and almost throw a, a perfect uh, no-no there for a while um, uh-huh. the other night. And, uh, you know, I guess that, that foot or that toe or whatever is, is not as much of an issue um, as as they thought, you know what it strikes me uh, about this team, Chris, is that uh, here they are, uh, ten games over five hundred, and they're only two games ahead of the Yankees. And the Yankees have like sixty-seven guys on on uh, injured uh, the injury list. So yeah, how no, how are the Yankees <laughs> managing to win every single game and, and and be only two games out when the Rays tried to run away from these dudes? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure their Yankees injury list would pay out the Rays roster for the next 10 years, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous how much is on that. But, uh, you know, and that's funny because I know the Yankees are coming to town this weekend. And that's actually one of my storylines with Aaron Boone. I wanted to ask him, like, you know, here you are kind of having to do it because of injuries. But Kevin Cash is having to do this because that's what he's been given. You know, it's like, hey, we're gonna, you're gonna start these guys and this guy and that guy and this guy. You know, but they've had a couple of key injuries too. It's just, it's amazing to me how much this team has just bought in from the get-go. You know, like in the versatility on this team, like where guys play, it doesn't matter. You know, like they don't care. They just want to go out there and play. You know, and and I think that's such a huge thing. And I think when you've got young guys who are being given full opportunity to shine instead of wasting away in the minors for their prime years, that's important. You know, it's like, hey, you can come to the trap and you can actually matter for for 162 games. And that's and I think there's a lot of pride in that locker room. Um, I don't know if I don't want to say like there's a little naive, you know, to the moment, you know, they're just going out and playing baseball and having fun like they're kids because they are kids. You know, I mean, you, know, you mentioned Blake Snell, and he's kind of getting his form together. He's got a lot more this year on him just with, you know, the Cy Young and kind of having – he had the injury really quickly and, you know, had to – and is kind of having to figure things out. Um, but I'll tell you what, a guy who has is Tyler Glass now. Oh, I my mean, goodness. that kid's – how good is he? Can you believe – and I've been saying this, and I, it's more – it's a little trolling. I'm going to admit it. But Chris Archer, they traded Chris Archer for – Pittsburgh wanted Chris Archer. For, and said, just take Tyler Glass now. Just take Austin Meadows. I yeah. mean, what? Somebody better be fired up there. What's wrong yeah. with these people? I mean, that's a steal. Tyler Glass now might could, is leading the league. I mean, he could if he keeps this up, he's an all star. I mean, my God. Oh, he, win, the well, he wins a Cy Young. I mean, he's a, he's he's an ace. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it's incredible what these guys are doing. You know, and I mean. They're hitting is it's timely, you know, and, and also Rick, when they decide to hit, they bash teams out of the ballpark. You know, mm. I mean, I go to sleep with, with there's a shot in my head. You know, I mean, I got that all going in my, it's, it's tremendous. I mean, the Rays are one of the most fun teams in baseball, but what stinks is no one's going to see them. You know, I, I mean, know. it's, it's, I know. you know, so I they won't be here long, thousand. Chris. They're I not going to be here long. And when I say here, yeah. I mean in St. Pete. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know that they're going to be in Tampa Bay very long. I mean, seriously, I don't, I don't know how uh, a, a baseball fan in this area thinks that the Rays are just going to continue to do this. Uh, it's just not sustainable. Uh, so, no, it's, you know. it's not. It's ridiculous. And, I feel, and it's like every time one of our fellow friends who's a reporter reports the attendance, it's like, it's like they just murdered someone. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? What's wrong with yeah. you? It's the that's a number. I, I guess it's a fact. It's a story. You know? <laughs> well, it's a story, and it's something when you have the best record in in, in baseball, and and no yeah. one's coming yeah. to see you. And I do believe yeah. the stadium is a big part of that. And, and we can get into the stadium show uh, no, when we I have nothing you. to talk about. But uh, but yeah. But how about the uh, Tommy Fam Slam Gram Slam Fam? Did your best back 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 John. I mean, it's everything you want. I mean, uh, Tommy Boy, you know, great movie. Chris Farley, rest in peace. You know, I mean, that's I mean, Tommy. You know, finally, that's all you need. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. The man, man with I, a thousand miles stare, Tommy Fan. Oh, <laughs> he is. Uh, he is Chris Torello. He's on Spectrum Sports 360. Uh, he'll be doing stories on uh, not just the Rays and, of course, uh, the Yankees who come into town, but also the best recruits in high school in the Bay Area. Chris is all over that, so you can watch him again on Spectrum Sports 360. Thanks, Chris. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks. Take care. 
Hey, the first place Rays are back in action with the businessman special this afternoon as they wrap up their series with the Diamondbacks. Charlie Morton is on the mound for the Rays. We'll have Mark Topkin, the Rays beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times, on the big show tomorrow. Make sure you catch us with that. And the rookie minicamp uh, with the Bucks begins on Friday. We'll get you set uh, for all of the action out there. Be sure to check out our coverage uh, all week long on tampabay.com. And listen, if you want a great day on the river swimming with the manatees, you have to try this. It's unbelievable. Uh, go see my friends at Captain Mike's. They're the number one customized manatee tour company in Kings Bay in Crystal River, and they've got a ton of things you can do up there in addition to swimming with the manatees. They've got pontoon boat rentals, kayak rentals, and bicycle rentals, and so much more. So book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-777-1796. For Steve Ersnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.